Hey there, uh, this is Oliver Wong, and I am the equipping pastor at City Lights, and this is... Chris Armfield, and that's just the par- the name my parents gave me, so that's why I'm Chris Armfield. Yeah, we're super excited today um, to just kick off this new podcast that's called City Groups Foundations. We've never done a podcast before, so I'm kind of like a kid in a candy shop. I'm pretty excited, to be honest. I wish we had some candy right now. That would be great. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, City Groups Foundation podcast just exists for a simple purpose. We want to see city groups thrive. We want it to be a healthy mm-hmm. expression of biblical Acts 2 community, not the type of community that you see on television or in culture and movies, but what we see in the Bible through God's Word in Acts chapter 2. And uh, we know that faith doesn't thrive outside of community. We know that mm. faith in community works. Uh, God designed community to strengthen us, to encourage, to sanctify us. That's mm. his vehicle to sanctify us. Mm. And when we try and operate outside of that design, um, we isolate ourselves and in ways we hurt our faith. We hurt ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, that's just our purpose is we're just going to talk a little bit about on these uh, upcoming podcasts, what makes a city group um, a healthy place to be, a healthy culture. And uh, one of the first topics that we really want to discuss today um, is this topic of sharing stories. Um, We believe that stories at City Lights are really important. They're important to the believer. They're important to the non-believer because we believe that God is doing a work in the world primarily through story. Most of the Bible is a story. Um, And so... Chris is here uh, with me just to talk about stories. First of all, Chris, how are you doing today? Are you feeling pretty good? I'm feeling really good. You and I were up late last night, and I mean late as in laying concrete, a concrete log, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, at the front of my driveway so that rainwater doesn't go into my yard anymore. So we did that last night. I did that this morning. So concrete log is one of my favorite phrases currently. Mm-hmm. And uh, Very Olymp- technical. And the Olympics are on, which is super exciting, which we'll talk about later maybe. but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing real well. Glad, really, really glad to be here. Just thinking about the listener on the other end, and just we value them so much. We're so excited that we have technology like this. We can equip people. Yeah. Well, let's just jump right on in here. Um, I have a few questions for you that would love to just discuss. Uh, the first one is why are stories so important, and why do we, in a biblical community, share stories? Great question. Uh, I think that. To me, it's one of those absolutes. Are stories important? Yes, no. It's it's a yes every time. So I love sports, and when it comes Super Bowl season, Olympic season, Major League Baseball, NBA, whatever the big game is, stories start arising all over the place. If you notice that, right? So you hear backstories, and they have like nostalgic music, and they show images, and you get to see this amazing Olympic athlete. But then it goes back to their childhood and it mm-hmm. talks about moms and dads and places they rode their bikes. And then you see them in the gym training. And we care about all those details for some reason, although we just want them to set a world record in the pool. Mm-hmm. And so our world and our culture, secular culture, values story. And I believe the world values story in that way because God really is the master storyteller and he's really the he's the orchestrator it's his story so Mm -hmm. i think you know i'm a a theologian where you got to put first things first and so like even on the podcast right now i know you can't see me i'm raising my hands up god's stories of over it all he he's the big one it's it's his and everything and Mm -hmm. so story matters because god spoke Mm -hmm. Uh, Oliver, i even heard you talk about that recently like god began this conversation Mm -hmm. and he started telling a story in the beginning it sounds like a bedtime story yeah so we're, it's part of our DNA. 
uh, and again, like I mentioned, ESPN or Olympics, they tell stories. It captivates us so that we're drawn into these people. We don't just care that they set a world record. I want to know who they were and what they were about and what led them to this moment right now. So stories are everywhere and, and stories matter. Yeah. In every culture and every time, as you said before, whether it's movies or television or even, you know, ancient lineages in, in other countries or Native Americans, every culture, every time has a, has stories yeah. to it. And those stories define our culture. They really are powerful. And so um, we just bring up this podcast today because uh, we're, I'm just, I, I, we understand that uh, we will tell stories in groups. When groups get together, when people get together, they, shall, they share stories. They tell silly stories, goofy stories, sad stories, happy ending stories. We're constantly telling stories, and those stories are dictating the narrative, the culture of the group. And so um, in, the, in the idea of just we want to create a support and a stir culture in our communities, we want to tell good stories. We want to tell gospel-centered stories. And so that's what we're really after today. Um, which brings us to our next question about how to share a story. We're going to be kicking off groups by sharing our personal stories. Um, and you know, maybe one of the questions that we'll use even is, how has God broken in to your story? Um, just setting that opportunity up to begin the process of telling stories and developing that, that culture and community. So Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about some practical things um, we can do as believers to spur one another on, to stir each other up yeah. by sharing stories. Well, I'd say two things, Oliver. When I was just listening to you, I thought there could be a trap. And the trap would be, I don't have a story. Right. <laughs> um, or my story is not as exciting as that person. Or to use the biblical word, stir, uh, my story is not going to stir anyone. Mm. I just, I just want to say, if you're a listener right now, whether you're a leader or somebody that's going to be attending a group, uh, in the most loving way, that thought is from the enemy of God. Because right. and here's why. Because remember, number one, it's got God's story is everywhere. It's it's before time began and it'll be after we measure time anymore in, in glory. And we're we're a blip on the radar, but you're a blip that Jesus Christ himself valued that he came uh, Oliver you just mentioned it on Sunday in the community message that Jesus died for his church, which is obviously generations and generations of multitudes of people but he would have done it for me. Mm -hmm. He would have done it for you. So when you discount your story or you compare to somebody else and think mine's not worth sharing, you're saying I wasn't worth dying for. I wasn't worth um, think being thought about. I wasn't worth defeating death for. And Jesus already decided it about you long before you ever breathed your first. He was already telling a story. The angels knew about you in his mind. And then you were conceived and they were <gasps> in wonder. So though you might not have a story with as many lows and highs mm. that are, as we define, dramatic, uh, a great, great mistake and trap the enemy is laying around your group is don't share your story because mm. it's not as important. So I just want to say pastorally in this moment, uh, let's not allow ourselves to start our story with, well, my story's not as this and my story's not as that, or you might be surprised of how flat my... Stop. Jesus knew, and he said, you're worth giving everything for. And he mm. saw it. He saw before, he saw during, and he knows what's going to happen in the future. Your story has value. So I guess, Oliver, I just I just want to point out that trap. Mm. Before I talk about maybe how to share a story, I, I want to just say it's worth figuring out. And, and I just want to give you a little framework. So um, mm. one of the things I learned in my studies was there's a something called the meta-narrative 
of Scripture, the meta-narrative of Scripture. And it's just four headings, creation, Mm -hmm. fall, redemption, restoration. Mm. And what that means is when you read through God's story in the Bible, which is a story about him, there is a time when there's peace and beauty and everything is working as it ought to. And then you have the fall where there's a disruption. For some of you in your story, you were abused, you were neglected, you were forgotten, you were taken advantage of, you were hurt, uh, innocence was lost, you hurt someone, someone hurt you. There was just a disruption, a, a disruption in the force kind of thing, and that was the fall. And then in that moment, you tried to get better, look better, feel better, and oftentimes we depend on performance, overcompensation, substance abuse, acting out, getting acceptance from all things, and we can't get redeemed. Uh, that's where Jesus comes in, and he says, hey, I'll, I'll redeem you. I'll redeem this moment. I'll redeem all the, that come before it, and I'm going to continue to redeem everything. And, and when we find Jesus and Jesus finds us, we get to look forward to restoration. We're not yet at that restored state. And Oliver, you've done mm-hmm. a great job in my personal life as a friend saying, Chris, we're not yet at that place of restoration all the way, so there's still going to be brokenness, but Jesus can redeem it. So, Oliver, that's what I'd recommend to groups is that we think of our story in light of creation, when all things were as they were meant to be. All of us have a fall. All of us have that loss. Mm -hmm. What are those losses or major loss? When did redemption happen? Maybe it's that salvation moment, but I find myself being saved every day. God redeems everything. And then looking forward, that restored day Still, we would say the kingdom is now. So the kingdom is advancing and breaking in to our day-to-day. So some things are restored. Uh, I've, I've been experiencing restoration not just in some heaven by-and-by day, but today. I experience restoration today. Mm. So so yeah. what I hear you saying is that uh, you know, there's these four titles that you're giving us today. They're called Creation and Fall, Redemption and Restoration. and And what I'm hearing you say is that that's not just something that happened 2,000 years ago uh, at a place called Calvary. And it's not just something that happened to me 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I'm hearing you saying it's happening to us. And more importantly, it's happening all the time. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how highs the high highs are or lows the lows are, um, there's no high too high and there's no low too low yeah. that breaks the mold or breaks out of this rhythm of grace that's happening. Yeah. And so as we choose into these this meta narrative, there's so many other manly testimonies that all have to do with you know pride and arrogance and and shame and there's lots of other types of narratives, but but the redemptive narrative, mm-hmm. the narrative, his story mm-hmm. that he's breaking forth can really be categorized into those four things. You said creation, fall, redemptive, and restoration. So give me an example of that. What, what's that look like in your life? Um, if you were in a city group today and and, um, and God had b- broken into your life and you were going to share a story that you knew that you uh, he wanted you to share so that it can encourage and stir somebody else, um, what would that look like? How would it sound coming out of your mouth? That's a good question. Well, here's the practical. Um which one resonates with you most? That that moment of peace, mm-hmm. the tragedy of a fall, redemption, a restoration. In the last season, which one stands out? So if if I were to think as a subtext or a sub-question that, I would go, oh, restoration. And you'd go, why, Chris? And I'd say, well, right now, one of the greatest examples in my life of restoration is the time with the city like staff. Um, but if you would have sat with me three months ago, <laughs> it would have been fall, mm-hmm. <laughs> tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're new to City Lights, you know, Jane, uh, since January 2016, we just, we've just been through, frankly, 
some we went through a real valley season and as a behind the scenes and it was just really hard i didn't see it coming uh my guard was down vulnerability it was a season where yeah i i was hurt but I, as i processed things i also realized that i hurt others um i don't know that any of us did it intentionally but the way of the enemy snuck in and uh i'll tell you what i i used to have the vision of city lights it was just this place of peace and a great kingdom place and then man, major disruption happened. And, mm. uh, you know, things I wasn't even prepared for, Oliver, moments where I was going to bed at night just going, how did we get here? Like, what what went wrong? And, uh, you know, just to be vulnerable with everybody listening online, uh, I my wife was sharing with our elders at the time when these things were going rough. She just said, you know, my husband hasn't slept for about three months. And I looked at her and I'm like, babe, what are you talking about? She goes, you toss and turn all night, you're up and down, you look like a zombie, you know, mm. and, and I just realized I was in a state of, uh, just going above water, going below and treading on water. But remember I've mentioned, Hey Chris, if you're going to tell a story right now, you said it, I, I said it was restoration because for about the last two, three months, I've genuinely, I've been in ministry full time for 20 years. I haven't experienced the kind of restoration. What I mean by it is not that the relationships that were hurt are restored as much, but I'm experiencing heaven, the restored table, the restored mm -hmm. banqueting feast. It's like they're passing down some of the foods of heaven and mm -hmm. the fellowship and the laughter and the drink of heaven. And our staff's been eating and drinking and laughing like mm -hmm. that. So I hope that makes sense. Redemption came through confession humility, um, vulnerability, confession of, hey, I'm scared to trust you, um, you know, mm. and it's not you, but I'm just wounded. Some of that vulnerability about the fall and the loss of the place of peace brought restoration. Mm. So, you know, when you say the gospel story or Jesus-centered story or God-centered story, what I would say is I got undone to a place where I had to go, hey, I'm, I'm hurt, I'm broken, I'm scared as a leader, and it actually caused us to lean in towards each other versus fall apart. So, mm. you know, what's interesting is I even listen to myself. Somebody could go, oh, you know, hey, what did Chris share a group today? And they'd go, oh, he, he shared about a big fall time. Or somebody else could hear and go, oh, he was talking about a redemption time. Or they could go, he talked about restoration. Why? Because our stories usually have those four parts. Mm -hmm. And uh, it doesn't matter which one's the theme, the major theme. I just... Some of that's personality, you know, like, mm. what do you want to share? Oh, I want to share about a hard time. For me, I, I, I can't help talk about what God did. Yeah. <laughs> so, but hey, if you ask me for those three months, what's going on? I'd say I'm in a hard place. Yeah. So I'm able to talk about it in hindsight right now. Um, but, you know, that was what, maybe three minutes of me sharing the last six, seven, eight months of my life. Right. But those four headings helped me share it in a three-minute moment. And I, in a practical sense, I think you're going to bring us in some practicals in a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, we should be able to share our stories. So we, we come prepared to a group to talk about these four headings and where, you know, what God's up to in my life right now. Yeah. You know, a, a, one thing that I heard continually in what you were sharing um, was this issue of vulnerability, which even mm. is, is, isn't on our outline, but I, I just feel like we need to put an asterisk there and, and to talk about that for just one, one moment. I think, um, like you said, there's no such thing as a bad story. Right. Your stories matter. I think there is such thing as a fake story mm. or there's something mm. that's, that's a hidden story mm. or a false or a pseudo story. Mm. Um, I think what makes a good story is that it's real. It's a real person encountering a real God. 
And I sure. think uh, that's key. I think that as we create cultures of trust, and as you said earlier, I'll use your phrase, to put your walls down, um, I think vulnerability in sharing stories uh, is, is, is maybe the most important critical aspect to what makes a story stirring, to yeah. what, what honors God, uh, because that way it's not a fake person encountering what we wish God was like. It's a real person. Yeah. facing real darkness and then encountering real redemption. Mm-hmm. So I'm encouraged by that just to to uh, celebrate and pray for a really great culture of, of vulnerability in our groups this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, uh, we'll leave you with this this concept. Um, I think that um, that what's what's really great and what's really important about sharing stories is not even just about sharing them, but what we do in response to them. Mm. Um, you know, a Bible is a great, the Bible is the story. It can sit in the corner and if nobody observes it, nobody celebrates it, then in, in, in some ways that redemption narrative is cut off. Mm. Um, and so I just want to talk a little bit, Chris, about how significant it is to, uh, respond to each other's stories, mm. to celebrate each other's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of times um, uh, we think of celebration as this huge party or something we do at Christmas or something we're doing around food and eating and, and that sort of thing. Of course, that's what celebration is. But just even in the subtle ways, when you share a story, there's ways that I can respond to that story internally and externally that begin to value your story or devalue it. And I think the reason why it's important and the reason why I want to bring it up in closing here today on this podcast is just because I think that it's not only the stories, but it's the stories we celebrate uh, that ultimately begin to create our cultures. It's what we celebrate that creates cultures. Um, So tell me what you think about that. Uh, How have you seen um, celebration um, help to honor God and honor people. Yeah. Well, I, one of the phrases I've learned from you is call out the gold. Um, we oftentimes feel like trash. <laughs> mm. And you, I heard you say, let's find the treasure in each other. And, and that, I just want to remind everybody, that's not some feel good. That's uh, believing that the spirit of God lives in us and is at right. work. He's at work. So I wake up every day and I know I can call out treasure in someone. Now, I think it can be hard at times. I think about that scene with Moses uh, when he's leading the Israelites out of slavery and they get to the Red Sea and all the Egyptian warriors are coming behind them and they can literally see the shine of their swords and Mm -hmm. spears. And it's a salvation or destruction moment. And if you say, what do we celebrate right now? Uh, Everyone is complaining. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone can only focus on we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. Moses didn't. Moses was having an inner conversation with God and just said, what are you doing? Uh, I'm sure he felt some anxiety, but but Moses heard salvation and not destruction. So mm. I think what what do you celebrate there? You celebrate, wow, God, what are you gonna do? Because mm. we're in trouble. Uh, so I just think, well, I didn't hear anything to celebrate today is not an option for those who are really listening. Hey, God, what are you saying? So to me, failing to celebrate what we're hearing fails to celebrate God. Mm. And listen, I don't think God's demanding saying like. I want you to look at what I did today and tell me how great I am. Mm-hmm. I do believe he's saying, I'm at work mm-hmm. and I want you to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you get to enjoy it. So Moses seemed to be the only guy who got to enjoy in the midst that God was not stressed out. It wasn't a surprise to him. And God wanted to do something miraculous that would send shockwaves around the world so that his people would be protected. You know, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we get really focused into the minutia of a moment, into the details of a moment, we can miss what God's wanting to do. So I just I think it's an important line when we fail to celebrate 
what God's up to in our lives, we fail to celebrate God and the gift of, of fellowship and trust and peace that he gives us in those moments. And that, now that's kind of the, the spiritual answer. I think there's also practical ways, Oliver, and you're mm-hmm. a great practical thinker. Why don't you do that? Why don't you share just how do we practically celebrate? What are some keys that we can use to do that? Yeah, a couple that come to mind. Uh, number one is attention. I just think in an era and an age when uh, there's always lots of information to be distracted by, attention is one of our most powerful commodities. And I think that one of the ways that we can celebrate others in their stories is by giving undivided attention to the stories and and, and following the stories and, and feeling with our hearts uh, like the person is feeling as they share their story. I think it's a powerful way to practice empathy and really celebrate, even quietly celebrate mm-hmm. uh, a story. Um, a second one that I thought of is just finding the me too in the story. Now I don't necessarily mean a verbalization of a me too or a, or jumping into somebody's story and kind of one-upping them or, or taking over the story, but simply um, in listening, in an active listening, whether it's in the group or in a one-on-one, um, putting yourself in their shoes and really mourning with them, really feeling that and really finding a place in your life um, when maybe you could uh, somewhat understand. Um, now, obviously, there's certain really hard, tragic circumstances when the best thing to say is, look, I, I don't know what that's mm-hmm. like, and that's mm-hmm. really hard for me, and that's really um, a good way that we can we can empathize. Uh, but, but rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning with those who mourn is a way that yeah. we celebrate, just being with people and being in their shoes. The yeah. last one that um, I want to talk about today is about just remembering stories. Um, I just think that cultures tell stories and uh, our, our memory is limited. We only remember a certain amount of things and that's why God was so adamant about telling the Israelites to remember uh, stories because it was remembering the goodness of God. And so if you value a story, if you value somebody else's story, you'll remember it, you'll recall it, you'll bring it up again. And I think that we'll see as we share stories and remember each other's stories, our hearts will grow together and community will be the fruit and the byproduct of it. So that's all we have uh, for today um, for this for this portion about sharing our, our stories. Um, but just I'm super excited about the beginning of a conversation. We'll share our stories in the first meeting, but we'll continue to share stories because that's what God did. Three things that I take away from this conversation with you, Chris, is number one, that our story matters. Mm -hmm. um, And we don't want to fall for the lies you said that my story isn't good enough to share. The second thing I I heard you talk about was the meta narrative and that every story has an opportunity to buy into God's story, Mm -hmm. his meta narrative, which is a creation, a fall, a redemption, and restoration. There's no story that's too big and no story that's too small that is able to dodge or get away from that meta narrative. And the last thing uh, that I just, we, we closed up on there, Chris, is the celebration um, creating culture and that mm-hmm. we have an opportunity, even if we're not the leader, to help set the tone and the culture within the group. And that all really is predicated upon what we're celebrating. If we celebrate worry, then our group will become fundamentally about worry. Mm-hmm. But if we value the gospel and we value uh, in, a, in a place of fallen story, looking forward to redemption, um, our cultures will be transformed um, to an Acts 2 type of culture. So thank you so much for spending time with us this afternoon. And uh, we'll get back together to talk about um, support, stir, and send.